So let's start in uh, let's start in Acts, and I want to talk about discipline and uh, what role it plays in our life and what we need to do and things like that. So I want to look at our boy Paul here in the, the book of Acts, chapter nine, and and talking about dis- discipline and how uh, what discipline is in our life. And so God actually, actually, you know what? You could stay there in, in Acts 9. I'm going to turn to Hebrews 12, though. I want to read out of um, Hebrews 12. I'm going to start in verse 3. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Who, who are we talking about? That's Jesus. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Jesus did. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed striving against sin and you have forgotten and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons or children if you're a woman a daughter or a son or a male you know a son my son do not despise the chastening or the disciplining of the Lord nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him for whom the Lord loves he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives if you endure chastening, God deals you deals with you as sons. For what sons is there from a father? Uh, what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are Ill- illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chasten us and seem best to them. But he, talking about God, for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no no chastening seems to be joyful for the present time, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So the Lord said this to me, discipline is either given or discipline is either implemented in your life. It's only, it's always one or the other discipline is either given or it's implemented. So if you can't implement discipline in your own life, it will be implemented to you. Discipline will happen. Um, we use the term, you know, you've, you've heard the term in, in Proverbs, the, the proverb, spoil the rod, uh, spare the rod, spoil the child, meaning um, avoid using the rod. You're going to create a rotten child if you don't use the rod or, or beat your child uh, when, there, when there's something wrong, uh, you know, and you can translate that however you want, but I don't, I don't talk about, I'm not talking about beat them to death, but what do you do with a rod? Do you point it at them? No, you beat the child with a rod, and, and if you don't, you create a a, a spoiled, uh, lacked lack of discipline within that child. But when that child doesn't have discipline, think about when you're raising someone up. Uh, if you've ever raised a child, or you know if you have kids, um, especially you you people who have young ones. I see uh, Amanda Amanda Farrow on here. You've got a daughter. I know you've got a um, a daughter the same age as my daughter. Oh, what a fun time that is raising our daughters. And, um, they're, they've, as they grow older, I've never ri- had a son before, you know, I've got, uh, I've got two, I've got three dogs, but I've got two male dogs. They're the closest to sons that I have, but my daughter, uh, 
she she has created a personality there's been a personality created in her as she gets older uh but what i can tell you is that at a young young age as she gets older you know she's in sports now uh, she's maturing and and has been as is becoming a a phenomenal young woman and will continue to grow that way because we raise her the right way but as a young young child one or two three years old there's very little if any discipline or uh, um, sustainability in her attitude or, or because she's three, four years old. There's, you have to do the disciplining. You implement discipline into that young child's life. And if you've raised a young child, you understand what I'm talking about. And the, uh, the, the younger or the, the less mature that somebody is, uh, somebody else has to do the disciplining in that, that person's life. As you grow and as you should grow, you should be starting to become more disciplined. More discipline should happen in your life. You should be implementing your own discipline. And if you don't, you will be disciplined. You know, you think of that term discipline. You know, if you break the law, you go to jail. So if you can't maintain the law in your own life and do the right things in, you know, society, then the government, you know, the state, the, the officials will lock you up because you can't control yourself. So they have to control you. So as we mature with the Lord, he chastens us like children, but we shouldn't stay in a place where we have to be consistently disciplined and we should begin to discipline ourselves. How do I know that? Well, Paul's speaking here in terms of a child who's being saved, someone who's recognized the um, need of Jesus in their life. And he's telling them, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Uh, and then he starts to go into how a, how our God is like a father who disciplines his son and chastens him and those who he chastens, he loves. And there's nothing wrong with God doing that, but there should come a time where you leave the point where God has to continually rebuke you and chasten you to make you right. You should begin to implement these things. So as I told you, turn into, to, Acts 9, I want to read you this quick example of our boy Paul, who we, we're going to read here in 1 Corinthians what happened to him. But in Acts 9, we see his experience from a life of killing Christians, being disobedient to God. We don't have to go into what he was doing, but he was living a life contrary to God. And then in Acts 9, he has an encounter with Jesus, but he never has an another encounter like this again in his life because this type of discipline that Paul's that we're about to read that Paul goes through isn't necessary all the time if you're maturing. So let's read this in Acts 9. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, meaning following Jesus, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And he, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? So in that moment, salvation happened for Paul. You know, this is, I've read through many different study books. This is Paul's recognition of salvation. You don't call someone Lord unless you're submitted to them. So he calls Jesus his Lord. This is Jesus speaking to them. We know it's Jesus from the Bible because it's in red. And then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? So he is, Paul has now submitted his life. But think about what's happened. A light shone, has shone around him. 
and uh, and Paul has been kicked off of his horse. There's forcible power. There's an audible voice so much that the disciples around or the I, I can't say disciples, but it says the men who journeyed with him uh, stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. So there's there's this miraculous supernatural encounter that Paul has on the road to Damascus and this isn't something that happened on a regular basis with Paul. Paul didn't get kicked off of horses and you know later if you read continue reading in Acts 9 he becomes blind, scales get placed over his eyes. Jesus tells him to go uh, have uh, have someone pray for him, lay their hands on him, the scales get removed. This is not an encounter that regularly happened. God had to discipline Paul in a very severe way to grab his attention and and pull him back to a place where he could recognize he's not doing right. He's not right. But as Paul matured, now turn with me into 1 Corinthians. As Paul matured and grew and studied the word, became a partaker of the Holy Spirit, was filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, if we kept reading in Acts 9, we would see that Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit when I believe it was Ananias. Sorry, the name's slipping me. Let me go back. Ananias uh, lays his hands on Paul and the scales fall off of his eyes. Paul is filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with power. But we know this isn't the same as being saved. He was saved on the road to Damascus. He says, Lord, what do you want from me? I'm, he surrendered his life. So, it, you know, you, you surrendering your life is not always you saying, Lord, I surrender my life. You surrendering your life can be the act of surrendering your life. Paul didn't say, uh, you know, I give you my life, Lord. No, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Tell me where to go. I'm yours now. He, his life was surrendered. He was a vessel of God now. He was available to be used by God. He surrendered his life and he took, up on, the cross of, took on the cross of Jesus. But later he gets filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and why did he need to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, he didn't have the power to do the right things yet. He surrendered his life, but he needed power to be disciplined in his life. So there's so much available to the Christian beyond what's available to the, the regular Joe. Uh, and if your name's Joe, I, I apologize. But there's, there's so much more available to the Christian that's available to the, the, more available than just the average Joe or Jane that walks around planet Earth a living life to meet their own needs and, you know, working 40, 50 hours a week to pay the bills and, you know, doing it again every week till they die. There's so much more available to the Christian that you can't, you can only cultivate such a level of your own ability, uh, by yourself. There's only so much that you can do until God comes in with his power and can take you further. But you still do everything that you can do within your own power, but you need the power of the Holy Ghost to carry you to the next level. If you, if we kept reading in Acts nine, we would see where Paul, uh, Paul's his the Ananias lays his hands on Paul. The scales fall off of his eyes as he was blinded on the road to Damascus. And the Bible says that the Holy he got filled with the Holy Ghost. The, he, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it says later, I think it's in, um, let me read in verse 20, I think it is in Acts 9. Yeah, so Ananias lays his hands on him. And then in verse 20, it says immediately he preached Christ in the synagogues. Immediately. He didn't 
you know, it didn't take him five years. It didn't take him a decade to get his life right. He, he surrendered his life, filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, shunned his past ways, started a new path, prayed and spent time with God and immediately went and started preaching because of the power that was available to him. You can't do that in your own ability, your own power. But there comes a point where you must de- start developing the muscles of your inner man, your person, not your spirit. Your spirit's de- redeveloped. Your spirit's been cultivated. Your spirit has been completely renewed by the power of Christ. But your your you as a person, your person, has to be built up and strengthened because your soul is a very real tangible battle that you can have against your yourself really you know it's it's kind of these two battles that war within each other um i've heard dr mark barclay tell a story um i think he quotes i I don't remember the person that he quotes uh but a story told it, it was like a little poem about the two wolves that are in on the inside of him and that whichever one is who's going to win which which wolf is going to be the one that is victorious and he's and the end of the poem it says whichever one that i feed whichever one i give more to whichever one i give more attention to that's the one that's going to win the same with your life whichever you give more attention to you know if you give your spirit attention you give your uh the inner man that is being built up and you give it the spirit you give the, the things of the spirit it'll be built up and strong in the spirit but if you give it the things of the world, the carnal things, you constantly feed it the um, the the junk food of the world. It's gonna be, it's gonna grow up to be strong in that. It's gonna be strong one way or another. And unfortunately, if you strengthen your life on the things of the world, the junk food of the world, someone else is gonna have to discipline you. Someone else is going to have to bring you in, but we should not have to be that continually as you mature in the things of God. You should not have to be continually chastened by God to correct your path. Now, he'll correct you, but he shouldn't have to kick you off a horse and blind you, so to speak, you know, um, as as an analogy. He shouldn't have to kick you off your horse continually to correct you. You should be constantly trying to be corrected. You should be constantly looking for you should never get to an age where you're, you've reached the point where you've matured. You, you, at what point did you reach that? What point? You should constantly be open and ready. You know, my, I'll give you a good example of this. Hope this is helping you this morning in our devotional. This is strong stuff. We're not going to get through all this today. But we're laying a good foundation. Um, I'm going to continue this probably in two parts. This one I'm going to put on my podcast. This will be a good one for people to listen to later as well. Um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those different platforms. But a good analogy of this, you know, people think they get to an age, you've matured, you've gotten older, you don't grow anymore, you've reached an age of, you know, that that kind of stuff that doesn't make sense to me. Everybody's told me as I grow and get older, they're like, oh, wait till you're this age. You won't feel old. You'll, you know, you, you'll, you, you feel young now, but you'll, you'll wait till you're this age. Wait till, and I've constantly reached those ages and I've always felt like I want to continually grow and get older and mature and constantly develop. Never have I looked back and be like, man, I wish I was 21 again. I wish I was 18. Never. I've never felt that way. Now, I have thought about things I wish I did differently, but I don't want to go back. I'm, I am where I am. This is where we are. 
We're going to continue and press on, do what we got to do. But an example, a good example of this is, that I really admire is, um, you know, I've always desired to to grow and learn and develop. And I always thought, as the older that you get, the less you want to hear from people, and you don't want people telling you what to do. But that mentality is not something we read in the scripture. There's never a point where we see that the people that are ministering to us through the scriptures or Paul writing to us in letters or even in the book of James writing to us, John in his uh, epistles, uh, there's never a time we see where they've, they say, I don't, I'm not growing any further. They want to, they strive constantly to be better. And, and someone I really admire, you know, my pastor, Richard Summerlin, he has constantly shown me, you know, he's, he, you know, I don't want to call him out. Uh, but he, you know, he's accomplished a lot. You know, he's become very successful, not only in ministry, but just in personal life and done, doing what he's done. But he's always looked to have someone as a pastor in his life and wants to submit to somebody. And there was a time where, uh, you know, he didn't have a pastor for a small time, but he's desired to have a pastor for the chastening that the pastor does to a man, to a, to a person, a woman, man or woman. He wants a pastor. And he desired and sought and looked for one. Well, he's getting, he's older than, significantly older than, than a 15 year old child, right? He's not a baby anymore. He's a grown man. He's got a family. He's got, he's own, he owns businesses. He's got a full fledged ministry. He's, he's impacting thousands and thousands of people, but here's this man. And, and I mean, I'm not giving any personal information out. We, we had, we celebrated his 50th birthday and, uh, you know, all these different things, but he's, you know, in his fifties now, and he's still looking to grow and develop and, and submit to himself to a pastor. I admire things like that, but when people get to an age or it doesn't matter what age you are, this can happen. This mentality can happen to a 25 year old, can happen to a 45 year old, can happen to a 75 year old that I don't need to grow anymore. I am where I am. I'm not, you know, I, I've reached the plateau where I've developed. For, to, to whose standard? To your standard? Because God is constantly trying to mature and grow us up. And just because you're not in jail and disciplined for committing a crime, you may still have to have someone disciplining you because you won't take it upon yourself to discipline yourself and mature yourself. This is better than some of you guys are saying. I'm just kidding with that. But but for real, this is this is good stuff. This really is helping me. It help you know, we we have to fight the urge that hey, I've reached where I need to be. I don't uh, you know, I'm at a good place. No, constantly grow. And discipline is a piece of this element. Um, as we as we looked at Paul, and we're going to continue this, uh, so be sure to check out the podcast uh, next morning devotional because we're going to listen. We're going to continue in this discipline. Uh, we're going to part two this, um, but this is this is important for us in our lives is to 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 consist continually discipline our lives because you don't want to constantly have to be disciplined. You take upon it yourself to be disciplined. Discipline what you do. Discipline your thoughts. We're going to get into that uh, in the next part. Disciplining our thoughts. Disciplining our actions. Disciplining our uh, what what we surround ourselves with. Who you surround yourselves with. Hmm. Talking to some of you, some of you young people who who listen to my podcast. Uh, discipline who you what you have around you. 
Don't just be flippant in what you do in your life. Be very uh, attentive and specific about things. You don't have to be, you know, for lack of a better term, anal and retentive and, um, you know, you know, just, just, I don't know, anxious about things. I'm, that's not what I'm saying, but be specific about your, about your life. God was specific about you. He designed you specifically in your characteristics, your personality, find the traits that develop who God has created you to be find, or, you know, de- I mean, develop those traits who God, God's called you to be surround yourself with things that encourage your traits and who God who call, has called you to be, uh, you know? So, um, this has been a good devotional. Hope it blessed you this morning. Uh, love every, love everybody that you guys watch in the morning. You're a part of this. What a great, great thing we have going on. Continue with me. You know, persevere with me and stay with me in the mornings. It encourages me. Hope it encourages you. But be blessed today. I love you so much. Pray God's blessing and favor is in your life and everything that you do. Um, listen, enjoy life. Enjoy. This life is very short, what you have. Um, you know, it feels like I've only been living my life for about a couple years, maybe three or four years, but it's been 30, 33 years that I've been on this planet in you know, it goes by, everything goes by fast. It just moves and you get the same amount of time. You get the same amount of everything we do regularly. You have the same amount of time every day, but you choose your time, select your time selectively, what you do with your time, what you, how you spend your time, all these different things. Um, amen. Well, I love you so much. Be blessed today. Um, Talk to someone about Jesus today. Minister to somebody. You know, the other day I went to lunch. We were in our, we we vacationed in Orlando, and uh, we we were walking back to our cars, and I was with some family, and these kids were raising money for their football team, and uh, someone was con- I, you know I have a nice truck. I drive this little Ford Focus everywhere now, which I love. I love my little my little I call it my little beater, but my uh, little white Focus that I drive around. It, it's just I like to put the miles on that. But I have I have a nice truck. And I, I, I enjoy my truck. You know, I won't, I'm not going to say it's like my favorite thing in the world, uh, you know, but I, I do. I enjoy driving my truck. I like having it. You know, my wife and I, we, we, you know, we've been going out and sitting by the water um, and we, we like, I like my truck. So it's nice. And someone commented on it and they're like, oh man, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, trying to be like you, man, and be successful like you, this and that, you know, you, you know, I was like, you know, I don't, I gave money to one of your guys, you know, I'm not going to buy more candy for your football team I already, I already spent some money. He's like, he's like, you should just buy the football team, you know, whatever it is. He's like, I'll, you know, I'll give you it for a hundred grand or something like that. And, and we just started chatting about money and he was like, you know, how'd you get to be so successful? I was like, look, man, and the first thing I told him was, and I didn't even think about it, but I was like, I tithe an offer it was the first thing that came out of my mouth. And I'm telling you all this to say, we ended up praying with the kid, got him saved and, and he dedicated his life to the Lord, but talk to people, be ready in season, out of season. You're a Christian. You're not just a human living to survive and, and pay bills and die. God's call puts you here on this planet for this time. And there's things with, there's gifts within you that are, um, Martin Luther King Jr. Moments that God needs from you in your life. So you cultivate yourself in, within God, become everything God's created you to be. Don't hold anything back. Give it everything, give life, everything you've got. You know, if it requires you waking up, that's why I wake up early is to spend time with God. And to make sure I'm getting everything I can out of my day. Maybe it's me being a little, um, 
ADHD or whatever you want to call it, OCD. I don't care. But I like getting up early and getting my day started to make sure I can get everything in that I need to get in. But I love you so much. Be blessed. Go minister to someone today. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them how much Jesus loves them. Tell them he's got a plan for their life. Love you so much. See you uh, for our next morning devotional. Talk to you soon. Bye.